Authors on the Air with Terry Shepard, award-winning broadcaster, narrator, and author of the Jessica Ramirez Thrillers. Brought to you by the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network and by Ramirez and Clark Publishers. Presenting Terry Shepard's latest Jessica Ramirez adventure, Chasing the Captain. Available in print, digital, and audiobook everywhere. Thank you, Lisa. Literary collaboration is as old as the craft. Ezra Pound helped mold T.S. Eliot's initial poetic draft into what became the beloved Wasteland. J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis exchanged drafts, argued over revisions, and credited each other in their works. And Charles Todd is the pen name used by the mother-son writing team Caroline and Charles, best known for stories set in post-World War I England. Today, one of the most successful collaborations in modern literature is the mom and son duo Iris and Roy Johansson. Iris has over 30 novels in print. Her protagonist, Eve Duncan, has sold over 20 million copies and spawned a TV movie. Roy Johansson is the author of Deadly Visions and Beyond Belief. Both are five-star hits. His forthcoming release is Killer View where his female P.I. Jesse Mercado teams up with a modern-day Sherlock Holmes to deal with a list of suspects spanning the spectrum from white-collar criminals to drug kingpins. We'll be talking about Iris Johansson's newly released High Stakes, a fascinating story about a professional gambler whose world turns upside down when a beautiful woman and a pair of Russian mafia bosses come into his life. And we'll also introduce you to Iris and Roy's newest fascinating collaboration, the Blink of an Eye, book eight in their Kendra Michael series. Before we bring them on, here is the extraordinary narrator Elizabeth Rogers with a taste of The Blink of an Eye. Your friend Jessie Mercado arranged for her first visits here to the school. Can't she tell her to go on tour or something? That might be difficult when Delilah is a superstar and she and Jessie are just good friends, Kendra said dryly. We're only having a small communication problem with her. Jessie didn't even know she was here until I called her and asked her to drive down from L.A. and talk to her. She should be here by now. Time to escape. She'd done all she could to soothe Allison. She turned and started across the campus. I'll go down to Big Rock, where Delilah is performing, and meet her. Big Rock? Allison asked. Now it's an outdoor concert? It's not really a concert. Big Rock was an enormous flat rock on the grassy expanse of the gentle hills that overlooked the ocean. Kendra and generations of other students had sat there on the rock, carved their initials, and told their secrets to each other. No one could call Big Rock a stage. She liked what I told her about how the kids felt about it. She just sits on the rock, sings a little, and talks to the kids. By having it outdoors, it gives the kids more room to spread out. She was hurrying away. It's going to be fine, Allison. We'll take care of it. Iris and Roy Johansson, welcome to Authors on the Air. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having us. You intermingle your protagonists in the blink of an eye. That has to be fun. It is. Uh, you know, Mom has this this character, Eve Duncan, who's been in so many books and has so many fans. And uh, and together we created uh, this character, Kendra Michaels. And uh, a few books ago, we actually brought them together for, for a case. 
And uh, and it, it was really great because I think it, it brings out different things in these characters that we, we maybe have been writing for years and years. And uh, so it just uh, gives gives our stories just a, a, a different feel than they might have otherwise. It's, it's really fun. Iris Johansson, a lot of authors that I interview tell me that they were read to by their parents when they were young. Did you do that with Roy? Did I read anything to you? Yes, you did. What did I read to you? Let's see. You see, you, you can't read... remember. <laughs> <laughs> you used to sing more than read, actually. You used to uh, grandma used to read actually the, uh, a series of books called uh, the Happy Hollisters, which I read when uh, after when, when I could read, uh, and so I think that that was actually one of my first exposures to mysteries. Uh, Mom used to uh, sing the uh, Sound of Music uh, score to the movie, which had just come out a couple years after I was born. <laughs> so that's what I remember more. And I worked uh, at, at night uh, for an airline. And so uh, I didn't see much of Tony in the evenings at all, did I? Tony is my family name, by the way, in case you're wondering Sorry who that is. That. I'll, I'll slip up every single time. <laughs> Listeners everywhere are going, who's this Tony person you're suddenly talking about? Did you hope your son would grow up to follow in your footsteps and become a writer? No, I didn't want anything for him but what he wanted to do. It, it was all him. I mean, uh, when he was in uh, high school, he was uh, writing for the school newspaper and and then when he went to the university, he became famous. <laughs> tell him, tell him, Tony. <laughs> I studied film in college and I wrote a, a screenplay uh, that I entered in a national contest sponsored by Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Martin Scorsese. And I ended up winning first place in the nation on it. And uh, so I got a lot of attention. I had suddenly had three studios bidding on the script. Uh, I won a car in the contest. And, uh, and I went out to L.A. with offers for my script and a car. And uh, it really kicked off my career. I've been writing professionally ever since. So it all started with that script I wrote in school. Our guests are Iris and Roy Johansson. The Blink of an Eye is their latest collaboration, available now in print, digital, and audiobook. Mom, how did that collaboration first begin? Well, you know, he'd been writing scripts forever and ever. And uh, I, 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 every time we'd get together, I'd say, well, you know, we've got to do something together. We've, we've got to do something together. And, but we couldn't decide what to do. And we didn't know whether it was going to be a suspense or, or a series or whatever. And then one day, Roy came back from a trip to Chicago and he says, I think I've got it. He did get it. Uh, he had been to a uh, museum and he had been examining, would you believe it, uh, submarines. And, and I said, submarines? I'm not Clancy, Tony. And he said, you can do it. You can do it. I swear you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got together and uh, we wrote a book. And we did do it. <laughs> 
and we're not and neither of us are clancy by the way it was, it was a story i think very much like like of mom's other heroines it was uh it was about a a submarine in a museum and the woman who's in charge of you know of bringing it into the museum discovers a secret about it that catapults her into an adventure so i think it really it was a story that played to mom's strengths and uh and also played to the interest I suddenly have in these museum pieces that were, you know, have all kinds of history and secrets attached to them. And so we both had a lot of fun doing that. And that was Silent Thunder, our first book together. And not only that, uh, he could uh, talk to all of these wonderful people and do great research and that was fun for him. <laughs> Authors Iris and Roy Johansson are our guests. Roy, describe that process of collaboration. Well, we start off talking a lot about it. We start, you know, talking about in, in more broad strokes who, who the characters are. Uh, we we talk a, uh, probably that's that's probably where most of our conversation is about is who who the people are, uh, and we we talk a little bit about the story in, in very general terms. And, uh, and then one of us will begin writing and write maybe 70 or 80 pages and, uh, and then turn it over to the other and they'll write 70 or 80 pages and then toss it back. And very often we'll write each other into corners, but that's okay. It, I think it, it livens up the writing and makes the storytelling, I think, even more interesting. And uh, we just keep going and, until we have a book. And occasionally we might have to stop and, and talk a little bit about what's coming, but more often it's just going back and forth. Don't you think, Mom? Yeah. That's it. It's back and forth. You start out with a kernel and you, you hope we have a product. <laughs> and who does the revisions? Mom, son, or is it a team effort? You revise each other uh, quite a bit. And we've, we've found that actually our books require less uh, editing than our solo books do because we're constantly editing each other as we move through it. And uh, so by the time we finish, we have a pretty polished manuscript. The book is The Blink of an Eye. It is the latest collaboration for our special guests and authors on the air, Iris and Roy Johansson. Iris, you are incredibly prolific. How do you create so much that's so good so quickly? I don't think about it. I think, wouldn't it be nice if this happened? And if I do that, can I go? Can I get to the end of the book, and and it'll be as exciting as the start of it? For for me, I'm talking about uh, the reader. It's is on their own, but I I really write for me. Iris Johansson's latest is High Stakes. It's a gambler's story. How long did that one take to create? I don't know, six eight months maybe. Uh, that required some uh, research, and, because. Uh, I'm not a gambler, really. Uh, I, I had to teach myself, and I had to um, uh, go in, in depth and find out exactly how a gambler feels. So that was, that was very interesting. You both write incredible dialogue that gives readers a look inside the heads of your characters. Roy, as a screenwriter, the spoken word is so crucial. What's the key to developing great dialogue? Uh, a lot of it is, uh, it, 
know, knowing who they are and the way they react to things. Uh, and it's, it's, and screenplays you know, dialogue is such a huge part of the, uh, of the effect of, of, of what, what you're having to communicate. And it just, um, it's, it, 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 I think it's, 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 Making sure your your characters have a very sharp and precise point of view. I think that's the biggest uh, uh, key to writing dialogue, because uh, it's it's very possible to you know write write a, a story where all the characters sound alike. You see that a lot, um, and it's it's and it, that's seldom very interesting. And uh, and if your characters have a very sharp and defined point of view, they can actually that creates some tension and, and, and drama, which is what we all want for our stories. And so if that can rise up out of dialogue and you can really help, you know, paint a picture with, with dialogue with, and, and define the, those points of view with the words, um, I think that just, uh, it really adds a, a, a spice and an interest to, uh, to a, any script. And it's true with novels too. But uh, I think that, you know, you're, when you're writing a, a script, you're writing it to be heard. And that's a little bit different. You can actually, you know, get away from some, with some things in a novel that you might not be able to script. It might sound stilted in a screenplay. Um, uh, and you, and you have to be a little bit less verbose usually in a script too. So you want to communicate the same stuff, but in fewer words, uh, but hopefully in just, just as interesting words. The websites are irisjohansen.com and royjohansen.com. They are our guests. Their latest collaboration, The Blink of an Eye, is available now in print, digital, and audiobook. Iris, how has your writing process changed over the years? Uh, I like the research more right now than I did to, to begin with uh, because I was, I was always interested in the characters when I first started out. I, 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 want, I, love, I love the interplay of the characters. But uh, as, as I grew to be, I hope, a better writer, uh, I started to be fascinated by all the research and what made those characters. And it, it was an actual thrill when I could turn out something and, and make it so the reader like that research as much as I did. That's a hard thing to do. You're so fascinated by it. You're always afraid that you're telling them too much. And um, you don't want to do that either. Iris Johansson, your latest thriller, High Stakes, brings together a pair of key characters who couldn't be more different. How did you go about building gambler Logan Tanner and his love interest, Lara Balcon? Well, I started out with... Um, just creating them uh, from their past. They both had very colorful pasts. Some of it was bitter, and some of it was so exciting that I couldn't wait for the next page. The characters we create come with both strengths and flaws. Roy, when you're creating your ensemble, which do you work on first? Uh, at first, I will think about uh, their their strength because that's that's what pushes them a, a lot, much of the way through the story. But I think the flaws are important is 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 how they um, what they have to overcome to reach their objective. And so I think both both are, are are really important. We were talking not long ago about the differences in our approaches. I mean, when you asked asked mom as how she's changed as a writer, 
I came from a screenwriting background, and usually when you go see a movie, you're thinking, what's what's the what's what's it about? What 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 movie you're seeing? You're not really thinking about the characters. You're thinking about the story when you try and decide what to go see, and you see a commercial or a, a trailer. Uh, but in books, and it took me a while to really come around to this, but it's, it's actually worked. It's we, we found it's coming out with a, a compelling character with their strengths and their weaknesses first, and then building a story after that. And that's, we, we did that with Kendra. That was, we, we, you know, a compelling story is certainly still interesting and, and important to me, but we, we thought of Kendra and we thought of a character that would, we would really love to see in lots of different adventures. And, uh, and that was, and that sort of changed the way I look at, 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 in writing certainly writing books, at least is I, I usually think of the character before the story where in movies it's the other way around. The Kendra Michaels character has been around for nine books. Now, Iris, what readers like most about her? That she's a full person, that she has a history. Sometimes her history is, uh, uh, relies on all the other people in her circle. She grew up blind, and uh, she got uh, her vision when she was 20. And when, when she was 20, she became a wild child for a while because she wanted to make up for all the years that she'd missed. So she's, uh, she's a full person. And it, with every book, we try to move her further along whether it's a love affair or, or a friendship, uh, we try to make sure that, that she doesn't stay in one place. How much does reader feedback influence your writing? Actually, it's more the, the uh, character itself. For instance, I've written so many Eve Duncan that, that she's, she's like an old friend. And uh, I get all of these, these fan letters and, and, and telephone calls saying, you know, when is she going to come back? When is she going to come back? I really like the last book. And that, that's always a challenge because you, know, always, you always want the next book to be much better than the last book. So that's where I go. But as far as the stories themselves, I, I try to just, I just try to, to let the character themselves tell me what to do. I live through the characters. That sounds a little hokey, but it's true. You, you, if, if the characters are good enough, you live through them. That's another commonality many of us share. It often feels like our best stuff comes through us and not from us. Has that been your experience, Roy? I tend to outline more than mom does, but uh, I very often find out that, that the best stuff arises as I'm writing. You know, I've, my, my very first book was actually based on a screenplay that I had optioned to Warner Brothers, but never got made. And, and I decided to write it as a novel. And I, as I started writing, I created a character who wasn't even in the script, never even imagined that she wouldn't be a character, just someone who rose and ended up almost running away with the book. And I think that it's just very often that you spark to something as you go. And then, and I think that's, yeah, very much something that wasn't planned. It's just something that I felt just like mom was just talking about, you know, characters kind of dictate and, and this character wanted to be the, the star. And so I had to, fight to keep my other characters in line because because uh, she was uh, starting to take over. Uh, but it ended up being a good thing. 
And uh, I think that very often we find the best stuff comes from, you know, from that, that inspiration that occurs as we're moving through a story. Iris Johansson's latest thriller is High Stakes. Roy's new one, Killer View, is due for release this coming February. We've been discussing their collaboration, The Blink of an Eye. Iris, take us back to the beginning. When did you know that you would be a full-time writer? I became a full-time writer uh, after my uh, son and daughter were in high school. And I was a single mom at that time. And I uh, decided that, you know what? They're going to be leaving me soon. Children always leave their mothers. So what are you going to do, kid? What are you going to do? And I remembered that, oh, yeah, a long time ago, before the world changed, uh, I wanted to be a writer. So I wonder if I could write. I wonder. So um, for the next year, I wrote while I, and sometimes I, I was on a yellow pad in the uh, parking lot while I waited for the kids to be finished with their plays and, and games and everything. And uh, I had, you know, three or four on the shelf. And uh, I decided, what the heck? So I turned them in and uh, they all got published. And, and I, I remember that, that, that night when uh, I got the call that uh, said, they said that, you know, we really liked your, your stuff. Will you send us the rest of the stuff? So I said, kids, we're going to go and have a pizza because I'm going to be a writer. And so we did. I, I went to the, the this wonderful pizza place. Uh, and uh, before the evening was over, I said, I'm sorry, I've got to go home. I've got to go home because this is going to change my life, I think. And I. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown if I don't go home right now. <laughs> and I went home and then I started to write. <laughs> Roy Johansson, what can you tell us about your February 2021 release, Killer View? Well, we, uh, our Kendra Michaels books, we introduced a, a few books ago, a private eye named Jesse Mercado. And I knew before we even finished the first one that I would want to write a, give her her own story. And she gained an importance in the Kendra uh, uh, books and, 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 and to the point in this, uh, uh, our, our latest Kendra book, she was almost a co-lead. Um, and then I said, well, I think it's time now for uh, Jesse to have her own story, her own book. And mom was very supportive and, and, and uh, I went off and wrote it. Mom was working on, on the, these new books that we've been talking about Um and so I wrote a book with Jesse Mercado as the lead with Kendra taking a supporting role. She still appears in it. Uh, and uh, this is a, a case uh, in which uh, Jesse is a private eye and she has an interesting new client, which is a firm that helps manage the affairs of people who are serving long prison sentences. And Jesse discovers when one of the partners disappears, Jesse discovers that there's more to this firm than meets the eye. And so it was actually a very fun 
case to have. And it was nice to give Jesse uh, a life that we couldn't as a supporting character in, in, in the Kendra books. And, and so it was, I really enjoyed uh, doing that, giving her uh, life. And, and, and bringing Kendra back was, was fun too, but it, it's really mostly Jesse's story. And, uh, and I, I think I'll, I'll be writing some more Jesse books down the road. One of the odd things about the current paradigms of the craft is that for years and years and years, women have been writing great male characters. But when a man brings on a female protagonist, there seems to be sometimes some pushback. How do you breathe life into a female character without having walked that path? Well, a lot of the, I was, I was raised in a house of, of women, uh, my, my mom and, and, and sister and, and grandmother. And my grandfather was with us part of the year, but mostly it was my mom, sister and grandmother were in the house. And that, that was, that, that's a big part of it. Um, I've always had lots of, of, of female friends. And, uh, so I think that's that, that background just in, in a way it sort of comes naturally to me to, to write, uh, I think, uh, f- complex full-blooded women characters. And that's even from my very first books, even the book books where the, the males were the, the, the central figure. I, I think I wrote strong women just from having grown up with uh, strong women. And, uh, and so, you know, and hopefully that, uh, you know, in our, all these Kendra books that we've written together, that uh, I, I've gotten some, some cred with the readers as far as writing women characters, that they won't push back too much when they see that I wrote this Jesse book on my own. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, yeah, so I ho- hopefully that they, they've enjoyed those books and, and, and know that uh, I, I've had a part in, in bringing them these characters they like so much. And I hope that they'll, uh, they'll come with me for that ride. He's doing a fantastic job. In fact, in some of the uh, uh, books we've written together, uh, you know, a lot of people try to guess who did what in the books. And uh, a, a lot of times uh, they're very wrong uh, about Roy because he, he's written some of the most beautiful passages in, in the Kendra books that uh that you know make you tear up and um he's he's pretty damn fantastic roy how do you define success to me uh success is achieving what you want to set out to do i mean i think uh yeah and it's, it's not necessary uh necessarily making tons of money although that that's always nice uh but uh if you set out to to write a certain type of book and you feel that you succeeded, I think that's, that's success. That's, uh, you know, it's, you know, all those years I was working as a, a screenwriter, I was making lots of money, but uh, when only two out of two, you know, scripts in 10 years get produced in in a very real sense, I wasn't finding success that I wanted. Um, and so that's, that's why I added books to it. I could still write screenplays, but I could also write books that I know will be read and enjoyed. And so that's how I found success for me. Uh, you know, I want to write stories that people will enjoy. And if you're just getting paid to write things that no one sees or ever experiences, that's not success to me. Um, you know, and you, you, you may be able to, 
enjoy the, the money part of it and make a good living. And, and from, so you do have some measure of success from that, but you also want to write things that people read and enjoy. And so that's why I had to write, add books to the, to the mix. And like I said, it, the books have ended up taking over, which has actually been enjoyable too. But uh, I, I think it's important to, you know, meet what you want to set out to do and not what others maybe want for you. Iris Johansson, when in the writing process are you at your happiest? Well, it's not when I finish a book. Uh, because by that time, I, I'm so involved in it that uh, I, I think I, I feel happiest uh, like six months later when I go back and look at it and said and think, okay, I did it. Uh, I really did it. Uh, I, I wasn't sure that it came through, but it came through. Oh, that, that's my ha- happiest moment. Uh, I... I can be fascinated when I write the book itself, particularly when I've, I'm involved with the characters. But I'm never sure until the book's finished and it's away from me for maybe six months. The last question that I ask all my guests and authors on the air is this one. And we'll start with you, Roy. If you could give advice to your 16-year-old self from the perspective of where you are now, what would you tell that young kid? That is a hard question to answer in that because I, I think I actually followed through on advice that I would have given myself. And, 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 and that is to, uh, to just uh, hang on to the dreams that you have. Don't let go. And, and, and trust that, that your ability and perseverance will eventually give you everything that you want. And uh, if I were to go back, I would tell myself that and, but like I said, that's pretty much what happened. Uh, I always, I, even when I was 16, and a lot of it comes from having a, a mom who encourages that. I, I remember when I was in high school, mom sent out sent off for a course catalog for California Institute of the Arts, uh, which is now just a couple miles from where I live. Uh, and just to, because I was involved in drama and I was writing plays and, and acting and directing and, and she knew I was really interested in film and, uh, and she was in, in encouraging me to follow my dreams and follow my muse. And a lot of parents don't do that. The parents, you know, they, they think, you know, that's a flight of fancy and these kids should stick to something more like business or something that they could for much more easily make a living at. Um, but, uh, Mom never did that. And so in a way, she was that person telling my 16-year-old self what I would go back and tell myself. That's a great answer. One of the best I've heard, Roy. What, isn't that a great answer? <laughs> I'm all teary. Hey, why didn't you tell me that when you were 16? <laughs> <laughs> Iris, you had time to think about the answer to that question. What would you tell that 16-year-old girl based upon the wisdom that you have today? I tell that 16-year-old girl that, you know, I, I, at one point I thought that living life was what was most important. So I let uh, writing and creativity just wait by for a number of years. Before, of course, I had two children to take care of and, and a life to live. But what I do, I think, is... Um, I try to mesh it all together and and start a little bit earlier and uh, 
maybe I'd be a 16 year old woman uh, and are, and maybe I could have dreams. And I did have dreams, but they came later. And, and I, 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 I loved being what I was because my kids are fantastic. And they're, uh, they, 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 they make my whole life so much richer. I think that I would just start earlier and maybe not wait so long because, gee, you know, with all the books I've written, I, I could have written maybe a maybe hundred more <laughs> if I started a little early. <laughs> <laughs> what a thrill. Iris and Roy Johansson are New York Times bestselling authors, both as individuals and as a team. Iris has just released High Stakes, The Adventures of a Gambler Who Gets Caught Between Two Mafia Bosses for the Love of a Woman. Roy Johansson's forthcoming book is Killer View, due out in February of 2021. Their latest collaboration is The Blink of an Eye, available in print, digital, and a fantastic audiobook rendition by the incomparable narrator Elizabeth Rogers. Find them online at irisjohansson.com and at royjohansson.com. That last name is spelled J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N. Friends, it's been a pleasure. Thank you both for spending time with me on Authors on the Air. Oh, it's Thank been you, Terry. wonderful. It's been wonderful. You're great. Authors on the Air with Terry Shepard is a copyrighted presentation of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Check out Chasing the Captain, the newest Jessica Ramirez thriller from Terry Shepard, available in print, digital, and audiobook. I'm Lisa Davis. Join Terry in the next chapter for Authors on the Air. Mm-hmm.